Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nisa Today FC Podcast. I'm Josh Taylor, and I know it's been a while since our last episode, but I'm happy to be back. I'll explain more on that in a little bit. But how are you guys doing? You guys excited for the playoffs? I know I am, as the Nisa League playoffs start tomorrow night, and we got some great matches to preview on that front, and also recap some of the action happened in week 29 for the final matches of the regular season of the Nisa League. And of course, the latest news that's been going on, not from our last episode, but just recently, last week or so. So I will catch you up on that. And here we go, guys. Let's do this. Welcome back to the show, guys. And I really appreciate you guys. Uh, riding out throughout the Nisa season, hanging out with me uh, for my uh, show. I know it's been a while since our last episode, and I've been very busy, so I apologize for that long hiatus, I guess we can call it that. That seems to be the the word of the year this year for, for, for Nisa, but unlike Val United FC, I'm back. It's been... Crazy, crazy, you know, couple months for me. Uh, I've had been pretty busy working with the retail jobs and trying to stay afloat here in Chicago. And I just finished up the Cubs season. I was very busy with them and working to get through that. And then I believe during our last episode that I did back in July, I had mentioned that I was getting interviewed for a job. Well, I know it's a little late, but. In case you missed it, breaking news, I did get that sports reporter job up in Naperville. So the new station up there has been keeping me pretty busy lately, covering a lot of the local high school sports in that area. So I've had a lot going on, not just work. Uh, I've also had to kind of take a break, you know, whenever I could. Um, Last week I was in Florida and uh, I was catching up with friends, but the main reason was going on because I – they had a, a close friend passed away recently, so I had to attend a memorial service this past Saturday. That was a tough day for me, but being there with you know friends and trying to help them get through it because it was it was tough. But managed to get back here in Chicago, and now that my schedule between my jobs is starting to slow down a bit, at least until we get close to the holiday season, it's now. Open up some time for me to bring it back. So now I'm back in the hot seat here for Nisa Today FC. I've missed you guys, and I just want to say, you know, I'm sorry for the long delay in content. I mean, I know I have posted some the score updates, and I haven't been doing the new stuff for Nisa. You can get back on that. And then, of course, uh, some other things, like the, the polls. That's probably the one that I've been consistent on. But – Trying to get back to the podcast game as we close out the regular season in NISA and enter the playoffs. So now that I've gotten that all out the way, let's get to it. So I will give you my playoff predictions later in the show. But we gotta talk about week 29. I know these games that were played did not have any indications on the standings because we already knew going to that final week the teams that qualify for the playoffs 
and the teams that have been eliminated. We already knew. So Flower City Union, they closed out their season with a, a loss to the Michigan Stars. And they lost that game 2 nil. But, you know, Flower City Union, I know it's been a rough year for those guys. But can we just give them a, a applause just, just for getting through the season? They played so many games, traveled to the moon and back, basically, with a crazy schedule. And, you know, Flower City Union, I know they had a lot of losses this year, but, you know, they're an expansion team. We had a couple other expansion teams, but to be fair, at least they made it on, like, two other expansion teams, okay? So we got to give them some credit for that. And, look, they are – I love the content to see the, that – Farsi Union does and everything and how it's a community club and how they're trying to really grow up in Western New York. So they said they're going to be back next year. I look forward to seeing Farsi Union back. Uh, well, I was going to kind of say it's the late in the show, but I guess since I'm on the topic, I can bring it up now. But my my hope is next year, assuming Nice is around, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, that – I would love to go, you know, do like a, a, a game day kind of thing up and travel to the Nisa teams, like games. So, obviously, I got to go check out Flower City Union. I, Maryland Bobcats, you're on the list. Don't worry. I will try to make it out to Maryland next year to see the Old Bay Brigade. So, that's on the list too. But that's something that I've been thinking about, kind of do some fun content stuff for this show so i think that's really cool if i can get some opportunities in the summer to travel to a couple nisa places and you know get to cover the fan experience and maybe do some highlights reporting recap like i do for my job right now in neighborville so we'll see something to think about but anyway let me get back on track here so yes flower singing yes despite all the craziness that happened they finished the season. Uh, Michigan Stars FC, they've been looking good. Even though they part of ways with Banks late in the season, we still don't know what happened there. But they have improved. They have looked good you know, defensively, even though I'm not a big fan of the style, the way they play. But, hey, if it gets the results to get you wins, then okay. I guess you do what you got to do. So Michigan Stars get away with a win. And then they had a thrilling match this past weekend against Chattanooga FC. Now, the first three matches in this series between these two sides ended in draws. And I posted a tweet uh, on on a poll about are we going to get a winner or is it going to get a draw? I think a lot of people were anticipating that it was probably going to be another draw. But it was a very thrilling game. The Stars scored early in the second minute of that match from uh, Namaja Gazik. And then Marcus Nagelstad does what he does, <laughs> scores goals, gets the equalizer to tie the match 1-1 in the 16th minute. And that would be the score going into halftime. Now, in the second half, that's where all the action broke loose. Anthony Bowie 
former Chicago house player, by the way, he scored to put the stars ahead two to one in the second half. And then Chattanooga FC, they got two goals in the second half from Brett Jones to finally defeat the stars three to two. I know Chattanooga FC and Michigan stars, those two teams, you know, get after it. It was, you know, a bit chippy, three yellow cards from Michigan stars. So this, this, this game was nuts, but Hey, we finally got a winner. The boys in blue take this one. And for this match, CFC, of course, they already knew they clinched the number two seed. And now they get that precious bye into the semifinal. And they will play their next game on October 30th. Well, the Michigan Stars, they got a game tomorrow against the Syracuse Pulse. Speaking of Syracuse Pulse, they were on the road playing the Maryland Bobcats this past weekend. That match ended in a 1-1 draw. And both sides basically exchanged penalty kicks. Darwin Espinal scored for the Bobcats in the 64th minute. And Caleb Jackson scored in stoppage time for the Pulse to get the 1-1 draw. And for the Maryland Bobcats... You know, it's this game, you know, going back and forth. But I think a draw, I mean, like I said, even if they won the game, it wasn't going to mean much to the standings. Maryland knew they were going to have to go on the road for the playoffs. And I was hoping just to see, like, momentum, you know, kind of build some confidence. But, hey, Maryland, compared to what happened with them in their expansion year last year, to go from that, to making the playoffs, hey, I would say despite all the circumstances that teams had to deal with during the season, I would say that's not a bad job. So congrats to the Maryland Bobcats for making the playoffs. Syracuse Pulse, of course, they made the playoffs as well. And look, I think what's also special with the Maryland Bobcats is, is about how they've basically engaged in that community and getting that fan support. They got over 1,000 fans in their last match to, you know, send those boys off, you know, to go fight for that badge. And they're going to have to go on the road pretty much for the, this playoff journey to win the championship trophy for the Maryland Bobcats. But, hey, uh, this team, I know they've had their fair share of struggles offensively, had issues with the refs and getting fouls and all these things. But, hey, the Maryland Bobcats have overcome that and, Look where they're at now. They are now here in the playoffs. And we'll see what they do against Albion tomorrow night. Now, speaking of, actually, I forgot Albion. It's been two weeks since the last played, so <laughs> never mind on that. But Cal United, that was the other game that happened this past weekend. Cal United Strikers cruise to a 3 0 win against the LA Force. Now, Cal United dominated the LA Force fair and square. It wasn't even close. Omar Nuno, Tony Lopez both scored in this match, and they also got an own goal from the LA Force's goalkeeper, Brandon Gomez, to seal the win for Cal United. And Cal United, they finished the season winning three out of their last 
four matches, and they are the top seed in the playoffs, which everyone knew Cal United was such an insurmountable lead, no one was going to be able to catch up to them unless they free fault, which they did not, to their credit, despite having a coaching change in the middle of the season. Or not really in the middle, but towards the late in the season, I guess you could say. But two playoff teams that made the playoffs made coaching changes late and have seen to improve. So that's kind of an interesting storyline to look at going into these playoff matchups. And for Cal United, they they finished strong, and they will host their playoff match. It'll be the semifinal match on October 29th, while Chattanooga FCs, they will host their semifinal match on October 30th. The LA Force, all I can tell them is the Force is not strong with y'all. Man, this team, they had a month break in the middle of the summer, right? And they come back from that, and they haven't won a game. They didn't win any games. LA Force's last win was on June 19th. Like, what was that, three or four months ago? That's the last time they had won a match. And even after that long break, see, Albion had the same break, so it's not just them. Them and Cal United. But you see, Albion and Cal United, they were fine. Took a while to get jelly, but they eventually got going. LA Force, they just free fall. Free fault. They only got four draws, five losses, no wins. And what's stunning to me about the free fall of the force is they also made a coaching change too. I mean, Bob Freeland is, was coaching a couple the last couple games, which I find mind-boggling, but you know, crazy. But even all the coaching changes they had could not save the force this season. And they gave up 17 goals in, in this span coming back from the summer break. They gave up 17 goals. They only scored seven goals. Wow. And the LA Force, at least the last couple of seasons, they, you know, been consistent, you know, making the playoffs, had a strong team. They had some players that have been mainstays that have left during this past offseason. And you thought the Force was going to be competitive, especially with Detroit CFC leaving. And they free fault. And I don't know where the LA Force is going to go from here, guys. I really don't. They're still homeless. They still don't have a home stadium either. I don't know what's going to happen with that either. But, you know, it's just, wow. LA Force, you know, preseason looked really good. But did as we go through the season, they just finished really bad. So LA Force and the Flower City Union, they'll be watching the playoffs from home. And... Let's go over the final standings for the NISA League to conclude the 2022 regular season. Cal United Strikers FC, of course, finished in first place. Chattanooga FC finished in second place. The Michigan Stars FC finished in third. Albion San Diego finished in fourth. Maryland Bobcats FC finished in fifth. Syracuse Pulse finished in sixth place. The LA Force finished in seventh place. And Fire City Union finished in eighth place. As we look at the stats for the season, of course, Chattanooga FC's Marcus Nagelstad, he wins the golden boot. He scored 19 goals this season for the boys in blue. 
So congrats to Marcus. That guy's been on fire this season. I felt no one was going to catch him. He's he's just on another level. And since Chattanooga FC will be home in the next playoff game, that's definitely going to be a guy that you want to keep an eye on going to the, the playoffs. And in second place was Elwin Diacate. Uh, he, he finished second with 12 goals. And Maryland Bobcats FC's Darren Espinall finished in third with 10 goals. Gene Antoine of Cal United and Tatuna Mkruva of the Michigan Stars both finished atop this league with 11, with the most clean sheets, 11. They had 11 clean sheets during the 2022 regular season. So that's, you know, very impressive. And who knows how the playoffs are going to turn out, guys. I'm looking forward to catching these games and and, and seeing how it's going to go. I know last fall was a bit different because Nisa didn't have the playoffs for the fall season last year. So to have the playoffs back this year, it's, it's very exciting, very exciting. And I can't wait guys to catch the playoff matches. It should be fun to watch. Now let's get on to the news segment of the show. All right, everyone, let's get into the news around NISA. Now, also we know the big news is going to be the playoffs, which start on Friday night. And there hasn't been too much news this week. But the major news that broke a couple days ago is from NISA's newest expansion team up in Detroit. Gold Star Detroit FC, they announced that their head coach and general manager for the inaugural season for 2023 will be Alex Lubyansky. And when they announced it, I was like, wait a minute, isn't he the CEO of the team? What? But yes, he, he's the CEO of the team, and now he's going to be the head coach and general manager for Detroit's newest expansion team. So I don't know how people do it or they can make the time to balance three different things. I mean, I told you guys earlier, I'm working three jobs and even I'm having a hard time trying to balance everything. You know, so I I have no idea how these guys are going to be able to do it. But Alex Lubyansky, just share more about him. He's also a sports attorney, which I find pretty interesting. But he's been involved in front office roles for FC Baltimore and Christos FC. He was a goalkeeper for the University of Michigan and won two national championships. His previous coaching experience, and I had to do some research on this, but he has been coaching the University of Michigan Wolverines club soccer team. And he's also the technical director for the Michigan Lightning. So that's like a travel soccer program, but that I've looked up. But he does, and he's also coached college. I forgot to mention. He also did coach in college as well, even though I couldn't find anything on which college he was at. But so he does have some coaching experience. It'll be very interesting to see how it plays out with Gold Star Detroit FC. And it's kind of nice to see that this expansion team 
is you know starting to get the ball rolling here with they already announced their season tickets stuff and their jersey sponsor with the Adidas and you know they're made some progress on their potential soccer Pacific stadium that they're going to build at some point so that's looking very promising you know last month I ran into for my job in Naperville I ran into Mike Squires I, I ran to him from one of the games I was working at in Naperville covering soccer of all things I do cover all the sports fast station but I just find it funny that man the last time I saw Mike Squires was for a shot house game we played Stumptown last year and now here we are like basically a year later I run into him at a high school soccer game <laughs> who would have thought of that so I chat with him a bit about some of the NISA expansion teams that are coming up and he was very high on gold star Detroit FC he he feels that that team is going to do really well he felt very confident about Savannah Clovers FC I know they've been pretty busy as well doing player tryouts and I'll have to catch up with Brian Sykes later this year to see how things have been going down in Savannah. But he felt very high about those two expansion teams. He didn't mention anything about Oaks FC, but I haven't seen anything about Oaks FC. So I don't know that that team is going to play next year. But who knows? This is loaded in soccer. Teams change, come and go. Teams move up and down. It's It's always a hot mess. Or you could have situations like what the LA Galaxy try to do is kick you out of your home stadium. So, ugh, it's it's just a hot mess. I don't know. I haven't heard anything on Nisa Nation. Uh, I know some people have been asking around, like, what's going on Nisa Nation? I haven't heard anything. I did reach out to Jonathan right now about a month ago and just asked him for, hey, I haven't heard anything since the end of July about Nisa Nation. Any updates you can share? And he told me at the time that they were still starting out with the clubs, but said that if – once that gets all sorted out, that they will let us know, but haven't heard anything since then. And I know there had been some announcements with like the all the regional leagues, you know, doing a kind of national tournament set up for a partnership for next year, I believe. Uh, so that's going to be kind of interesting development. Um, but yeah, Nisa Nation, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, haven't heard anything and we'll just have to see what happens with that. But one thing I do know is that we still do have some Nisa Nation clubs kicking the ball around, even though they're not playing in a fall league this season. But well, not with Nisa Nation, but other leagues. So, like Club de Leon, for example, they are representing the Nisa Nation banner here for the qualification. For the 2023 U.S. Open Cup, and they were in round two action this past weekend down in Orlando. Club de Leon FC defeated Orlando FC Wolves three to one. Club de Leon was trailing in that match, and they scored three unanswered goals to advance to the third round. So, the Nisa Nation Florida Regional Champs will now play. Florida Premier FC on November 19th. Battleborn FC, who also played in Eastern Nation this past for the spring season, they defeated Modesto City Football Club 4-2. And Battleborn FC was up 4-0. Now, Modesto City FC did score two goals in the second half to kind of pull a little closer, but it was not enough. 
and the Nisa Nation Pacific Region champs advance, and they will take on Legend Football Gold on November 20th in the next round of the third round for the qualifying for the 2023 U.S. Open Cup. Valley FC Raiders, they lost 2-0 to UPSL side Olympians FC. No relations with what Valley United FC used to be as far as I know, but they are out. And then Capo FC, they played last night. The game was supposed to be played this past Sunday, but it was like a weather delay and then teams were going to hit the venue curfew thing, so they decided to replay this game last night. And Capo FC, they defeated Laguna United FC 4-1. to Daniel Siegel got a goal, and then Havani Mati scored a bunch of goals in this match to win it for Capo FC. And they will battle Desert FC on November 20th in the next round for qualifying for the Open Cup. Now, Metro Louisville FC, I know they're not technically, they didn't play in Nisa Nation this past spring, but they did play in the Nisa Independent Cup, so it still counts. Now, Metro Louisville FC, I know they've announced some plans about potentially building a stadium somewhere in the Louisville area at some point, so that's pretty cool that they're working on that, but... They went on the road for their Open Cup match this past weekend, and they defeated Valhalla FC. That's such a cool name. Valhalla FC, they defeated them 1-0 on the road. And guess what, guys? They only had 11 players. That's the thing that's crazy about this. They only had 11 players, and they still won the game. Crazy. The goal was scored by Alejandro Trejo. In the 28th minute. And now they will take on, drumroll please, the Chicago House AC. Yes, the club that's near and dear to my heart. Now, Chicago House AC, they were down 1-0 to 1927 Fort Wayne SC until like, Stoppage time in that game. They were about to lose the game, but Soso had other ideas and converted his penalty kick to get the equalizer for Chicago House to send it to extra time. Now, 1927 SC, they also scored their goal off a penalty kick. So I found that interesting because it kind of foreshadowed where this game was going. And they could not get anything going in extra time. So so we go to the penalty kicks. And the star of that moment is Chicago House AC's goalkeeper, Anthony Halterman. And he scored the game-winning goal to seal the victory for Chicago House and help them complete the comeback. As I mentioned, they were down late in the game, and they came back to win that game in stunning fashion with a goalkeeper, which is such a great story, such a really cool story. So they will advance the third round of qualifying, and they will travel to Jeffersonville, Indiana, 
to play Metro Louisville FC on November 19th. Yes, I know Metro Louisville is home is in Louisville, but they're literally going across the Ohio River to play this match against Chicago House. So that's going to be a very interesting game. And look, I mean, Chicago House, if they can somehow make it to the tournament proper, that would be so cool for them. I know they're not parties anymore. I don't know what the future is going to be as far as leagues. I know they're committed to the Midwest Premier League, so that's pretty cool just to see them up and running and trying to stay afloat compared to what could happen when I was working for them almost a year ago. So really cool to see that. But yeah, we still have, even though Nisa Nation is not kicking the ball right now, we still got a couple of Nisa Nation teams that played this past spring left in qualifying for the tournament. I wonder how it's going to work if they actually, if one of these teams like Capo, Capo, Battleborn, FC, or Club de Lone, if one of them makes it, I wonder, like, how the seeding stuff will work. It'll be interesting to see. But it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. A lot of fun to see how that plays out next month. Now, let's get into my playoff predictions. That's what you all been waiting for in the next segment. All right, everyone, let's get into the playoff preview for my final thoughts for the NISA League quarterfinals, which will kick off tomorrow night. And let's start in Michigan. The number three seed Michigan Stars FC hosting number six seed Syracuse Pulse. And that game will start at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Now, these sides have played against each other four times with the Stars winning two matches and getting two draws. The Stars have been playing well despite the coaching change late into the season. And their defense can be difficult for teams to break down at times. Now, with the Stars, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not a big fan of how they play, but the Stars don't care. The big bodies of Michigan don't care. They'll play ugly soccer. As long as it gets us a win, great. If we get a draw, we're cool with that too. If we lose, we're going to get some yellow cards. But that is basically the MO for the Michigan Stars this season. But the Michigan Stars are going to be at home, though. They're going to be at home, and they're playing Syracuse, the expansion side that has their own issues this past year. But it's going to be interesting to see how this match plays out. I don't know how many fans are going to be at this game at Romeo High School, but I'm glad that they're not playing at the field with by the sports complex and they have just one stand somewhere and everyone's got lawn chairs. Ugh, I don't know about that, but I'm happy they are playing the high school at least. We'll have lights and everything, blah, blah, blah. Great. And, you know, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think the Stars are going to get the W. But with Syracuse Pulse, what's been interesting is you know, they've been inconsistent down a stretch. They had a, a point when during the season they won four straight games. From August 14th to September 19th, they had won four straight games. And then after that, they had a pair of losses and a pair of draws. So I don't know what to expect for the Pulse. I know Peter Foles is going to motivate his team and try to get them going. 
And like I said, it'll be close. But I think the Stars are going to win this match. Three to one. And they'll be advancing to the next round. Where I would predict that they are going to play Chattanooga in the, the semifinal. And I know Chattanooga FC, they may not want, we don't want to play the Stars. But watching those games this season was so much fun to watch. And at least this time, guys, we're going to, well, we just had a winner this past week, finally. But we know for the semifinal, we're going to have to have a winner, guys. Someone's going to win the game. No no, no draws. No draws in the next matchup between the Stars and Chattanooga FC. So that's what we're going to for that. Let's go with the next matchup here out west. We got the number four seed, Albion San Diego, hosting the number five seed, Maryland Bobcats FC. That match will kick off at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Now, Albion San Diego, they got a star-studded offense with Miele Malongo. You got Halloween Diagate, and you have Jeffrey O'Toole, who they brought over from Valley United FC after they stopped playing games. Now, both teams have battled against each other twice this season, and each side has gotten a win. Now, Albion did lose the Bobcats back on October 1st, and at that point, they were in the middle of a three-game losing streak. And they also did manage to get a win against Cali Nine Strikers FC two weeks ago, they won that match one nothing, but it was against a Cal United striker side that did not put their top players in that game, and they've been on for two weeks. So I'm not sure if it's going to be rusty, taking time to gel. Who knows? But remember, Albion did have a month break, right? They had a month break during the summer, and they came back and. They just didn't miss a beat. They just kept scoring and everything. So maybe I'm reading too much into that. But still, something to keep an eye on. Now, for the Maryland Bobcats, yes, we know their offense has been struggling this year. They've had, of course, a beef with the refs (laughs) with some of their decisions and their calls against them and all that. We know about that. And... Fouls. They've been getting some foul trouble with yellow cards and things like that. But I think the key to this game is going to be if the Maryland Bobcats can stay disciplined, hold their zone, and just defend like crazy against Albion. I think if the Maryland Bobcats can do that, they got a chance. They got a chance. I think this game's going to be pretty close. And look, Albion's been a great team, but like I mentioned, they, they've kind of been inconsistent. And then you have Maryland Bobcats that I'm sure are just going to have that mentality of us against the world. The Bobcats know if they're going to win the trophy, they're going to have to go on the road pretty much to win all their games So for the playoffs. So the Bobcats know that – they, they, can, they can do it. They believe that they can do it. They got Darren Espinal, Elijah Amo, two guys that we know can score goals. Darren shoots, scored 10 goals. You know, Diakate's got 12. But, hey, that's going to be an interesting battle, too. See those two top goal scorers for each team battling out against each other. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic to keep an eye on as well. But, hey, look, I'm tempted to pick an upset in this one. So I'm going to go 
with Darren Espinall getting a couple goals, and they hang on on the road to beat Albion two to one. Then the next round, you have the Stars taking on Chattanooga, Bobcats taking on Cal United Strikers. And that is my prediction for the playoffs. But the, if the matches are like 24 hours away, guys. So hit me up on social media. Let me know your prediction on who's going to win the playoff matches tomorrow night. All right, everyone. Well, that will conclude today's episode for Nisa Today FC. If you guys enjoyed the show, have any suggestions, comments, or feedback, you can hit me up on my personal Twitter page. It's at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you want to stay up to date with all the latest from Nisa Today FC, you can follow us on our social media pages. We're at Nisa underscore Today FC on Instagram, at Nisa underscore Today FC on Twitter. And you can also follow us on our Facebook page. It's at Nisa Today FC. You guys enjoy the playoff matches this weekend. I will recap them on early next week with Nisa Extra Time. We'll feature that. And then, of course, the podcast to help preview the semifinal matchups. So, you guys enjoy your football. Take care. And I will see you next time.